and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Tolman. Today, we are once again joined by Scott Stevens, James City County's County Administrator. Welcome, Scott. Hey, Renee. Great to be back. It's been a while. It has been a few minutes, I think, since we've done one, so I'm glad you're here. Thank well, you. I'm always glad to be back and apologize. I know we were trying to do it in August and trying to do it in September and life just took me in some other directions during those times. And so uh, a lot to catch up on today. Absolutely. Well, as always, I'm just going to let you take it away and I'll throw in questions as I think of them. Well, yeah, slow me down where you need to. And before okay. I forget, I do want to just recognize, you know, fall is here. It really is a great time out in our community. A lot of events going on. There's something for most everyone. So if you're not sure what to do, you know, look out there, look through Parks and Rec, look through the chamber, look through events in the community. Uh, there is a lot going on and a lot to get participate in. Uh, we're just ahead of Halloween as they're recording this. I just remind folks to be safe, right? It's one of those things that if you choose to participate, great. Turn your porch light on. Let kids know you're out there. Uh, but for parents and kids, please be safe. And for the rest of us driving through the community on Halloween evening, we need to look after one another always, but in particular that night with more little ones out. Um, and as we get into the holidays, you know, from Thanksgiving to Christmas and others, I think for most of us, they're really a joyous time. And I just always want to put a reminder out there that for many people, they've lost a loved one. It's not as happy as it was. It may be a sad time. And so look after your coworkers, your friends, your family, and each other, like we always, I think, do. It's just a matter of awareness, but particularly the holidays. And, and then if you have questions of the county or what we're doing or talking about or things you've heard, I certainly want to make sure you have access to me and to, to get at least our side of the story. And my phone number, 757-253-6603. And I'm always happy to hear from residents uh, that have questions or comments on what we're doing as your local government. Um, you know, we said it had been a while. I really think when I look back, it looked like it had been the end of July. So that leaves a lot of board meetings that I sort of at least want to try to summarize because there has been some activity that I think the community maybe is aware of. And if they're not, I want to make sure they at least have heard it from me here and have an opportunity to find out more if they have an interest. So the board didn't meet in August, so they didn't have uh, any meetings. The board and I had a lot of conversations through August but no official board meeting during August timeframe. They took that off and did some traveling, which I think is good for them as well. Uh, September 8th, they came back and had a joint meeting with the school board and the city council, uh, really discussing school safety. And it was a report that the school had really commissioned probably more than a year ago. They got the results in early summer. They wanted to share those results uh, with the city council and our board of supervisors because the, the report led to recommendations. And basically what the report said is your schools are really very safe, but here's some things you can do to improve upon those safety improvements you've made in prior years. So, uh, and it was turned out to be a total of about $2.6 million that the school division has asked us to fund. And later, as we went through board meetings, the schools, uh, we have provided that money to the school division to move forward with those safety improvements that were recommended. So September 13 is really back to the uh, board of supervisors of first regular meeting since July, they did approve some salary adjustments for public safety. We were still having issues with recruitment in our police department. Again, we've not really had vacancies to speak of. In prior years, we would have turnover where people leave for various reasons, retirements, finding other jobs, getting out of public safety, but we were able to replace them with people coming in to public safety under our police department. Uh, Localities around us had moved the starting salary to the mid-50s. Uh, earlier this year, we were at 42000 In April, we moved it to 47. It didn't have the impact of bringing in many applicants. In September, the board approved basically a 10% increase in police salaries, but it moved our starting pay to just under $51,000 and an offering of a signing bonus of $5,000. And that has generated 
a good amount of applicants. And so we are working through that. I think it's had the desired effect. We'll see if they're quality applicants. I know we're running background checks and I, my hope is in November, we will hire a pretty good grouping of new police officers for our community. They still have to go through the academy. So we're still short uh, for four to five, six months, but at least we have folks in the pipeline that will be certified officers uh, come late spring, early summer. And so uh, those salary uh, uh, increases did seem to have the desired effect. On the fire side, we didn't do quite as broad an increase, but we did move our paramedics and EMT and paramedic pay. We have, have an increase in salary when you receive those certifications, which are pretty onerous to obtain, more training and experience and ability to, to serve the community. And we had stipends that were three and 6,000 added to salaries. Other localities have caught up with that. To really get somebody fully trained is about a two-year process. And so we moved that to a six and $12,000 per year additional salary increase for those that have those certifications and then do provide what we believe to be a very high quality of EMT or paramedic care if they when they come to a scene of an accident or to your home or for other uh, needs within the community. So again, uh, I do thank the Board of Supervisors for approving that sort of mid-year. That's an unusual thing for us to do, uh, but those two areas seem to be concerning for us in terms of hiring and also retention. And so I hope we've uh, we'll see how those adjustments uh, affect those two departments going forward. Also at their September meeting, they had six public hearings. Um, most of them did not have a lot of speakers. So the, they approved the lease with Hampton Marine. They approved uh, uh, expansion at Greenwood Christian Church Academy. They approved a tourist home on Ironbound Road. Uh, they ex uh, approved the James City County Police Department firing range expansion. They approved or renewed our agricultural and forest forestal district renewals, which basically allows property owners to put property into this district, this AFD district, where it's property owner says they won't develop it for a period of time. And for that, they do get a reduction in their property taxes. And then they had a master plan amendment for a continuing care retirement facility at Ford's Colony that generated a number of speakers that were concerned about traffic impact on News Road. But ultimately, the Board of Supervisors did approve uh, that uh, master plan amendment as well. So six public hearings and the board did approve what was being asked during those hearings. September 27th, their business meeting. Um, they did recognize volunteers who have served on our various boards and commissions, which again, we wanna thank all of those. We have a number of boards and commissions and a lot of uh, community members who volunteer their time. And so it was just an opportunity for those that have rotated off for the board to say thank you. Uh, we did have a, a gentleman from Verizon speak to our board, so you can get his information back from that meeting, September 27th, to really talk about a grant application they were doing to provide additional service to the community and to address some of the recent service issues that we residents here have ex experienced and ex shared the, that experience with us or our, or our elected officials. And so uh, really good information, I think, there as well. They approved a full-time solid waste director. We've been talking about consolidated waste. Uh, we've done it at a staff level and using some consultants of do we pick up garbage as a county from your home? The board at this point is moving us in that direction. And the first big step is for us to hire a staff person to really be our expert, to determine whether we do it with our staff and, and buy trucks or whether they do it with a contractor and still manage the contract. How do we implement it? Is it all at once? Do we phase it through? And so uh, as we get that person on board, you'll hear more about the, the county moving forward in the consolidated waste or picking up garbage um, and trash from your home. But they also approved uh, a Chickahominy Riverfront Park well replacement, about $266,000 to replace the water system well or a portion of it there at our Riverfront Park. So that was approved. They accepted uh, $144,000 in grants 
again, four different grants, but I do want to thank our departments for seeking those out. Some are more routines. Others take a lot of work and effort to secure. And we have staff always looking to see how we can let better leverage the county's money and bring in outside resources to serve this community. So I do want to thank our staff for their efforts in that. It was 144000 at the September 27th meeting. Uh, they also approved, uh, the board approved a resolution supporting Operation Greenlight for Veterans. It is a national effort of our National Association of Counties and our state association uh, in Virginia of counties to basically light up public facilities, courthouses in particular, from November 7th to November 13th. We have practice on ours here in Williamsburg and James City County. It is beautiful at night, and that will begin uh, November 7th through the 13th. And certainly those residents that would like to participate by shining a green light, they are encouraged to do so, not required. But if you see green lights around Veterans Day, that would indicate support for veterans in our community. And so I hope you'll see that uh, by and large throughout James City County. Uh, and we also, the board allowed our county attorney uh, to continue working on finishing and settlers market and trying to move those streets that we've had some bond pulls on and finishing some of that bond work. There's some additional work that due to the delay and just, just wear and tear on a street over time that we've got to bring them up to VDOT standards. And our goal is to move that along and be able to bring those streets up to VDOT standards so we can then have them turned over to the uh, State Department of Transportation for future maintenance. So uh, more to come on that. Um, in terms of presentations at the September meeting, they had a president. We have had about a year-long effort in developing a natural and cultural asset plan. Uh, they saw the final presentation from the consultant staff during their September meeting of what the recommendations would be. They heard from our emergency management director in terms of all the effort that goes into sort of preparing for events that fortunately this year we've been maybe spared uh, a hurricane coming through. We're not quite out of the woods, but we're getting close. And I know sometimes that jinxes us. So uh, are you sorry. knocking on wood? There needs yep, to sorry be for wood. That yes. I, don't, I don't intend to jinx this, but I do want <laughs> the community to know you have a really dedicated, committed staff that is making sure we have contracts in place and plans in place and the regionalism and that we would have resources here for whatever event might occur. And one of those is certainly a hurricane of effects. Another one happens to be our Surrey power, power plan and what happens if something were to occur there. And we do regular drills and planning for those things. And so our emerging emergency management staff gave a short presentation to our board, just talking through some of that. And so I appreciate their effort and sort of their ability to keep what are hour long discussion into about a 10 or 15 minute conversation. Um, we also had a discussion about a government center site, and we have talked about that a number of times over the past six to nine months with our Board of Supervisors, the need for space. Uh, we really have about a need for 50% more office space today. And if you walk through some of our county offices, they are um, pretty tight. We have grown as a community. Our buildings have not. Uh, we did a consolidation study that was presented to the board last uh, fall. Excuse me. We commissioned it last fall, was presented to the board uh, the spring of this year that basically said over the next 30 years, we're going to spend close to $100 million either enlarging our existing facilities as we grow with people uh, so they have a place to work or building a consolidated facility. The board has made the determination that the Mounts Bay campus really isn't right geographically, and so it's not the right place for our government center going forward into the future. When you look at the right place, it's sort of uh, 199 and Long Hill Road area. And so we've been looking properties for Moorhill. Uh, I say sports complex, but our Warhill complex really next to the law enforcement center. There's an opportunity there where we could expand. We've been looking at private property in the area. And then we came over to the James City County Recreation Center in the Newtown area, looking for sort of that being the center of the county in terms of geography and population and trying to make sure your government offices are more central to the community we're serving. And 
based on the discussion at the September meeting, we really narrowed the focus to focus on the wooded corner next to the James City County Recreation Center as a likely future site. It's about 10 acres. It's more than enough for uh, building what we're talking about of 200,000 or 250,000 square feet associated parking. And then we do have expansion on site that are currently ball fields. We don't need those today, probably don't need those for 20 or 30 years, but at least we'd give the county the option in future years, 20 or 30 years out, if we needed more office space, you have a, something on site where you could expand into and you'd replace those fields elsewhere. Something a future administrator or board of supervisors would make a decision on, but today we are more focused on the woods where the skate park is. Uh, the skate park would be relocated. It would be built, rebuilt to a current standards. And so a lot of details to work through of what that might look like. But I did want the community to know that is the preferred site at this point for a future government center and something that you'll hear more about in the coming months. Um, and then they did approve appointments to our AFD board, our Clean County Commission, and our Social Services Advisory Board. Again, more uh, resident volunteers serving the community in multiple uh, ways. So they moved to October 11th, their regular meeting. And again, sorry, we had a lot of meetings to talk through, <laughs> uh, but their regular meeting, they had four public hearings. Uh, really, one was an ordinance to change um, the property in rural areas in terms of subdividing from one to three acres, meaning you could put one home on three acres in some of our rural lands, and they e increased that to be one home on 20 acres or increase the land requirement really at the request in terms of our comprehensive plan and hearing from residents the desire to keep parts of our county more rural. They did have a number of property owners very concerned about the impact that might have on their property, not that they indicated they have initial plans, they just didn't like losing the flexibility and being told what they could or couldn't do with their property. So uh, well, for those property owners, uh, a pretty significant step in terms of the board, just putting some additional restrictions potentially on their property, uh, but also trying to maintain the rural character that most of us enjoy within James City County. So that was pretty significant in terms of their October 11th uh, Board of Supervisor meeting. They had three other public hearings uh, with not, I don't think, you know, very little comment. One was a Williamsburg Landing uh, uh, SUP amendment, Riverside Drive contractor office and warehouse space, uh, special use permit or SUP. And then they deferred action on a battery storage facility. There was a facility presented that would basically store energy and then at peak time from the grid, at peak times it would put that energy back on the grid. Uh, and I think of an emerging technology, certainly new to us, not new in the world, but uh, new to us in James City County. The board just wanted a, a little more time to have a few questions answered about that. So last meeting, and then I'll be done with talking about meetings, October 25th, the business meeting, um, they did approve a position to help with in our purchasing department. Again, a lot of related to uh, the additional federal monies related to COVID, the ARPA money, the CARES Act, and all the extra steps and purchasing activities going on there. Uh, they did approve the natural and cultural asset plan that they had heard the presentation on in September. Uh, they had a sidewalk improvement award to around Clara Baker uh, Elementary School. It's a contract award for sidewalk improvements of $515,000. So they did make that award. Uh, they awarded a contract to purchase a new trash truck, a roll-off truck that will go out and pick up the dumpsters that then roll off the back of the truck. That provides ability for us to move between the convenience centers and anywhere else we might need for a dumpster to be. Uh, they approved five grants and those grants totaled $542,000. And again, a Congrats to our staff and thank them for uh, pursuing those anywhere from police and fire to trail related grants. Um, and then they allowed us to offer signing bonuses to hard to fill jobs. That was something they had given authority to me to work with departments, to determine what those would be. But we've had positions that have been vacant with very few applications for six months, nine months, 12 months. And they're not, they're not positions that we just 
want to have. They're positions we really need to meet the service requirements and, and the needs of our community. Uh, a big area of that, if we approved a uh, additional sort of road maintenance crew, but it was one to do appearances within the community. We hear that an awful lot. We've been trying to fill six or seven positions there since last November. The idea, we approved them in November. We'd have them available this spring. They haven't been available all year because we haven't been able to recruit. We've increased pay. We just haven't been able to find folks to fill those spots. So it will let us offer those signing bonuses, positions such as that we feel are important to meeting the desires of our community. So we'll see and hopefully that'll help in some of our recruitment efforts. Uh, we did have a financial update from Sharon McCarthy, our, our financial management services director, uh, about how we ended our fiscal year. And our fiscal year ended in June of 2022. And so it takes a few months, but revenues lag a little bit, expenditures. But at the end of 2022, um, we have added another 16 to $17 million to our savings. That's not the audited number, but it will be in that ballpark. So I would say that speaks very well to how we are the community is doing financially. A large part of that is due to revenues coming in above budget. We had lowered revenues during COVID. We still were a bit conservative in preparing our 22 budget, um, but the revenues came in very strong in FY22. So again, good news for our community and hopefully for our business community as well. And then they did approve the school's year-end spending plan, which improved, talked about the 2.6 million in safety from the September joint meeting. They approved that. I believe it was about 1.4 million for the War Hill Gym Project, some uh, costs going up on that, but approved some additional funding so that gym project could move forward. And then about $900,000 to purchase buses, part of their uh, spending plan and, and the idea they were purchasing an average of 10 per year, and this gets them back on track so they will be where they're supposed to be on the replacement of school buses. And then we had a couple of appointments to the Ches Bay Board, and again, more volunteers serving the community. And so, Renee, I think that's it for meetings. Um, anything I missed that you remember going on in those months that I should have talked a little more about? Or I don't think so. There is one thing, though, that I think that especially folks that are new to our area may be a little confused about, and that is who's responsible for roads. We were talking about the Settlers Marketplace roads. Yes. And is it correct to say that the majority of the roads in James City County are maintained by the Virginia Department of Transportation? That is correct. So that tends to be our end goal, that when we, if there's a new commerce center or a new neighborhood, that what we do when it's being built, the roads, the county is involved with that. But once everything is done and settled, the dust is settled. <laughs> That they go then to VDOT. Is that right? That is correct. And okay. we do have a few private roads. You know, there's right. some neighborhoods that want to gate the communities and they would maintain those roads behind the gates. But generally speaking, roads in the neighborhoods and throughout the county are maintained by the Virginia Department of Transportation. Okay. The county, we're not in the uh, road maintenance business. Mm -hmm. We have a few within our parks that we maintain. But in terms of public roadways, I'm not sure there are any that the county is responsible for that I okay. can think of. And you know, cities do. So that is mm -hmm. a, a that is probably the significant difference between cities and counties in Virginia. Cities do typically maintain many of the roads within their city limits. Okay. All so right. Thanks for clarifying that because most of us don't care until there's an issue and then we want right. to know who to call, right? And, right. and our exactly. goal as your local government is to move these that are currently don't have anybody to maintain them along settlers market to a place where you have an entity that really is geared to do that. Yeah. So. Well, and you also, you mentioned several employment opportunities. I'm going to include in the show notes and at the end of the video, um, 
the website and where folks can go to get more information because we do have a lot of great jobs that are looking for great people. So. We do. We're a good place. We're a good employer. Mm -hmm. Our folks generally get along. They enjoy what they're doing. And you're right. And, and part of that, I, I appreciate you mentioning it because I did have a recruitment and retention note here at the end. Uh, you know, we have worked to increase employee pay to be competitive in the region. We still have some work to do there. So that's an ongoing discussion uh, for us on staff and working with our elected and trying to make sure we can afford to do what we believe we need to do. But in the recruitment side, the signing bonuses are one thing. We've got a, a billboard up um, mm -hmm. uh, that is new to us up in the, uh, I guess, Anderson Corner area, really trying to recruit for police, fire, and 911 dispatchers. And we haven't been full in our dispatcher area for maybe 10 or 15 years in terms of full. And it's a takes a unique person. I mean, it's a, you have to work a different work schedule. It's pretty technological. It's high energy, high emotion when things are going on, uh, but it's critical to serving the community. And so we've got the billboards up sort of advertising for those. Uh, we're going to put bumper stickers on our county vehicles. I'm not thrilled with that, um, but they're going to be magnetic. They're going to be short term, I hope. Uh, but my intent is that we'll put them out there six or seven months We'll see what kind of impact that has. Just to remind people, we do have jobs and we do have them. We have them in finances. We have them in general services. We have them in construction management. We have them in planning inspections, building inspections, police and fire, all those things, water and sewer, all those things that your local government provides, uh, which is a variety of opportunities. Um, we have openings. And so we certainly would want to encourage people to consider us when they're looking for a place to go to work. So thank you for that, yep. that plug, Renee. It's like we yep. planned that almost. Almost, right? We didn't, but it looks like it. So, <laughs> uh, but I think that's a really good one. A couple of things I thought I would mention, unless you have anything else to catch me up on yet. Nope. I think that's pretty much it. All right. A couple of things I did want to mention. Um, one, we haven't, uh, we've publicized it some, but maybe, maybe not enough for me. And so I just want to take this opportunity that our uh, our fire department was at least researching things to do and sort of staying cutting edge and providing service to our community. We've begun carrying whole blood on our EMS. Well, I'll take it back. Whole blood is available within the community. It's not on all of our EMS units, but I believe our supervisor is carrying that with them. So if you happen to be a patient that we come to and you need whole blood, we have that. And we didn't before October. So that's new to us in October. Uh, I think uh, the cost to us is somewhere around $20,000 a year because the blood has a shelf life. And so it's not that much to have it, but it will expire and some of it we'll use and some of it we won't. Um, but we've had blood, um, I guess, manufactured blood particles that would we could administer to patients that need them that help. But the benefit of the whole blood is it does better at clotting. And it does bear carrying oxygen. So if you happen to be someone who is hemorrhaging, when we come to you and you're losing a lot of blood, the blood particles that we had before were not as good in terms of giving you a better chance with a whole blood will. So it's really a big deal for those that have something significant going on where they're having blood loss to be able to give them whole blood. And we now have that capability. Uh, just interesting, within 16 hours of us making it available, it was needed within our community. And so I think you'll hear more of that going forward. More EMS units across the state will likely add that going forward. But we are one of the first and early on in terms of adding that to our abilities. And I just say that to the community. So, you know, you really do have a staff that's trying to stay cutting edge, trying to provide the best service when we arrive at your home or place of business or an accident scene. And we do have a very highly trained staff and really good technology and equipment in addition to this whole blood program. So I'm really excited that our fire department uh, was able to pull that together and roll that out in October. So I hope you'll hear more about that. If you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Again, library, you know, as part of this government center discussion uh, that I talked about that we were looking for a site and sort of the space and what might go in it. And we haven't 
made the final determination of what will be in the building uh, that we'll build, likely beside the recreation center. It will be the buildings at the Mounts Bay complex. The staff and departments there would move in it. Would also likely include fire admin. It may include our social services department. Uh, so we're sort of working through all those space requirements. And one thing that was mentioned was the library. And so that mentioning at that meeting about the library possibly being there has generated some public commenting to us about preferences. Um, and Betsy Fowler, our library director, did hold a press conference recently talking more about the need for library space, not so much about the location, but about the need. Um, and again, I would just let residents know we certainly are happy to hear from them. We've had a number reach out and share their preference. Uh, and our intent is to work with the library board and working to do what is best for the community. So more to come on that, but that's generated some library discussion um, as well uh, related to our government center site. Um, I would like to mention one event. There are a ton of events going on in the community. I know are related to Halloween. Um, our Parks and Recreation Department sponsored a Boo Bash event out of Jamestown Beach back in October. It was phenomenal. Our, our police department uh, supported, I think, a Halloween with Heroes this past week. I don't know how many kids came out, but there were there weren't thousands. It was it certainly looked like it. I mean, there were, was how we were out there. It was just a steady stream of people coming in Two really great community events. So I want to thank our county departments for sponsoring those and putting them on. But just as a reminder to the community, there are more and more coming in November and December throughout our community. So please, you know, look at our recreations or our, our websites, our recreation department puts out information. We're putting out news flashes, the city, the chamber, others, but there's a lot to do in the community this fall. So please find a place and get involved. They're fun to be part of that and get to know your neighbors. One other thing we, the county, are sponsoring, and it's our second one, we did one earlier this year, is a repair fair and recycling expo. It will be at Warhills, our sports complex, November 19th, which is a Saturday, I believe, from 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock. If you happen to be somebody that's good at fixing things, um, give me a call. We'll get you in touch with Cassie Bardova, who's coordinating that for us, because we need volunteers who can fix stuff. And then the idea is if you have a broken piece of jewelry or a bicycle or something else that you could use if it were fixed. We want to put volunteers with you to sort of partner up and see if they can get it fixed for you. So really a neat concept. The one we did earlier this year was a great success, but it takes you as volunteers to help us out because you have some of the skills we don't have. And then also it takes those in the community to come out and support by bringing their things to be fixed and repaired and put back to use versus thrown away. So November 19th at Warhill, 9 a.m. in the morning until 10 p.m. Um, Scott, if I could, if we yes. could go back to the um, Halloween with heroes. I, yes. it, I forgot the name, but, and it was just yesterday. Um, it was also, it was just, it was not just the police department, fire department was involved, public safety. I mean, dispatch was yes. involved, lots of great people. And I understand at one point there was an emergency candy run that had to be made to the store because there were so many kids, but it's, it is just an absolutely great well, yeah, and thank you. For me, it was it was at the law enforcement center. Right. Police had a large presence, but they had strong support from the fire department. Both our paid and volunteer staffs were out yep. there. Uh, we showed a lot of what we have from a tactical standpoint with police and um, kids. Kids seem to have a phenomenal time. The parents seem to be having a good time. Uh, I'm surprised about the candy run. Um, <laughs> the dispatchers were at the beginning passing it out as hard as they could, but they. Uh, this was the second year I think they've hosted mm -hmm. this. It was a real success last year. Uh, they had more than enough candy starting out, but I'm glad to hear they had to go get some more because yep. it's nice to have the community turn out for the event. And again, uh, I hope folks will look forward to that next year as well. But thanks for clarifying who all was there because it was a really good event. So anything else, Renee? I think for me, that's most of what I wanted to share today. 
I think that you, you've covered a lot. Once again, it's such an incredible amount of information. Um, do you want to start to do these quarterly? <laughs> I, I think monthly is still probably our best bet, even uh, though I'm sure you could do it in like a half an hour. Well, but um, we do have one new thing that we are involved with. We have a new county newsletter that goes out once a month around the 15th of each month. And it's going to be, a, it's a great source of information for just some of those things that citizens need to know or can do or register for. And it's a great service. So what we're hoping is that people, it's absolutely free just because it's, you need to subscribe. It's of course, completely free, but you can send us an email to jccnews at jamescitycountyva.gov. And I'll have this at the end as well. Or give me a call at 757-253-6605, and we will get you registered for that. It's really easy. And for neighborhoods that have newsletters that are constantly looking for content to put, I know what that's like, to put in your neighborhood news, you can, you know, copy and paste all of our stories and use our pictures, everything. So we want it to just be a great resource for the community. So no, that's I, something I, I kind of exciting. You. Yeah, that is exciting. It's a good one more thing for the community to be able to communicate with us or us with them and to make sure we are sharing what's going on within James City County because there's a lot of good things that are happening and uh, anything we can do to help make sure people are aware of that I think is great. So thanks for mentioning that. You know, yeah. For me, I would just tell people again, enjoy the fall weather, uh, get out at events, support one another, look after each other. And if you have questions of us, Renee gave her number, so she's uh, here. I'm here as well, 253-6603, Scott Stevens, your county administrator, and always happy to hear from our residents. If you need a speaker, we'll figure that out. If you just have a question for us, we're happy to figure that out as well. Well, and I'm available to speak on any topic at any time. So just, you know, let Scott know, and then you can let me know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that worked out, won't we? <laughs> we will. All right. Well, once again, Scott, thank you so much for coming in and doing this with us. I think our next one, I'm going to cross my fingers. It's going to be in person here at my desk. So right. yeah, I just have to learn a few dozen things in between now and then. So right. stay tuned on that. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a moment to go online and subscribe. That way you will be sure to never miss an episode. You can find us at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to find all of our episodes as well as a form. You can complete, give us show ideas, comments, criticisms. We would love to hear from you. So once again, thank you so much. And we will talk with you next time. Mm-hmm.